You are now tuning into the No Small Talk podcast, and we're your hosts, Ebony and Sherry, two introverts who actually do enjoy conversations, as long as it's not small talk, and you don't have to settle for small talk either. Change the conversation. We're here to show you how. With our conversation starters, we want to help you enjoy meaningful conversations and build better relationships in order to succeed in business, life, and in love. We'll show you how to be confident, present, and vulnerable while starting conversations that you enjoy. Relationships, parenting, careers, money, and wellness are all topics we discuss right here on this podcast. So get your headphones, your cup of tea, and get ready to be inspired to start your next conversation. No small talk. Uh, they cannot do what they want. I got my freedom of speech. Yeah. Get to say what I want. They cannot lock me outside. I walk in right through the front. With a big back like I'm back. You need to get my respect. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, friend. Welcome to another episode of the No Small Talk podcast, where we help introverts like you socialize more confidently and naturally without the small talk. Today, we're going to indulge you with another conversation starter. We've heard a lot of great feedback from many of you all and great testimonies of how you used our conversation starters in various settings. You've told us that you've used them at home during game night, on Zoom calls with coworkers, and even on some first dates. The conversation starters are designed to help you strike up conversations with people that go beyond weather or what do you do? It helps connect you with people on a human level. And it honestly only works if you have a true desire to really want to know more about the person you're talking to, to know more about how they think, what drives them, and what matters to them. So as you initiate these conversations, go in with an open mind and a sincere curiosity and be willing to share your responses to the questions as well. Guys, honestly, listen to us, follow our instructions, and you're going to see your relationships and your connections with people change. And that's what we're all looking for, right? We're looking to establish stronger connections and relationships so that we can find success and happiness in our romantic lives, at work, and at home, having these conversation starters and really showing up boldly, even as an introvert, And having this real desire to get to know people is really going to change the game. So ask, listen, and share. Got it? Great. And before we jump in today's conversation starter, I want to remind you to be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes if you've enjoyed the podcast so far. Your rates and reviews help us so that we can show up more for other introverts looking for resources like this. And when you subscribe, you make sure that you are the first to get notified as soon as an episode drop. You know what? As a matter of fact, just hit pause. Hit pause right now. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe. And invite a friend. Invite a friend right now. Just hit the share icon and have your friend join in on the conversation. Please help us spread the love. Thank you. And without further ado, no small talk. So today's question is, is there a feeling you miss? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. I'm only playing with you, Sherry. Yes, there is a feeling that I miss, actually. I was thinking about this earlier today, just in the midst of, like, just being an adult and, like, all my responsibilities and when I look at the things that I have to do. And I just miss that feeling of freedom Mm -hmm. and lack of worry and just carefree. The feeling that I felt, like, I guess when I was still in high school or in college where the only thing that you really worried about was like a paper that was due. Right. Grades. (laughs) That was the only thing causing stress. Right. Like the biggest thing I worried about back then was, yeah, like you said, grades or like, I don't even remember. I don't even think I had that many things that I worried about. But now it's just that as an adult, you just have all these responsibilities. There's work, there's family, there's just life in general. And then as adults, we're aware of the situations that are out there in the world, mm-hmm. political climate, global issues, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's just so much. And to have that carefree, worry-free feeling like a child, I kind of miss that, the yeah. innocence of it all. It's probably not the same for kids today because they have what we didn't have, right? I feel like they're more exposed to things because of social media and the internet. So they probably are a lot more aware of things than we were at that age. But just that feeling of not having to worry about serious issues is what I really miss. Yeah, I feel you on that. And then we would already feel that way as part of adulting, but then we multiply all of that by 10 right now because of everything that you mentioned with the pandemic and the political climate. It does feel like nonstop thinking and worrying. And then when you do take a break, sometimes you feel guilty about taking that break. Yeah, I do. We talked about this earlier today and I said I wanted to wake up on Saturday and just like stay in bed and not do anything. Like just pause. And I tell myself that I want to do this all the time. But then when I start to do it, I feel guilty. And I start thinking of all the things that I need to do and things that need to get done. And I actually don't do that as much, like pause as much as I need to do. But I feel like it's necessary, especially now that we really just all take that time to just kind of like unplug and just clear our minds and breathe. Yeah. And I think, you know what, the frustrating part about that is, you know how you feel, you know how you don't want to feel, but you don't know how to get to that happy place, right? Like we don't know. And I had this conversation with my mom maybe a week or two ago when the SARS situation in Nigeria was happening, right? Right. Just kind of seeing the brutal killings and seeing the protests and just wondering how are we back here again, right? Like another misfortune, another situation happening. And I remember like sighing really heavily and telling my mom, like, I just want to rest. This is a lot to deal with. Even though we're here in the States, just seeing it happening in Nigeria or anywhere in the country you can't help but to feel worried. You can't help but to feel concerned about where we are as a people, as a generation. And my mom kept saying, well, don't look at it. You have to turn everything off. Don't watch it. You can't stress yourself out. And I remember saying, but how? Like, I don't even have TV. I don't watch the news. I try to limit social media, but it's one of those things where whether you see it or read about it, you know it's happening. And you can't ignore it. (laughs) It's everywhere. It's everywhere. So how do you deal with it? Like, how do you acknowledge that it's happening, but not allow 
it to become part of you? Like, how do you not internalize all of what's going on? I'm really bad at that. And I'm trying to work on that. Like a friend of mine always tells me, you have to learn how to compartmentalize things. You can't take everything on because that's just going to distract you from the things that are important and things. Not that that's not an important issue, but it's going to distract you from being able to live if you're taking on all of these outside catalysts or issues that are going on. But it's hard to do, at least for me. I can't speak for everybody else. I find it very hard to not internalize those things because I'm a very emotional person. So Mm -hmm. my emotions can kind of be affected by things that are around me. I don't know if that, I'm a cancer. They say we're moody people, so. Introverts too, we tend to be, a lot of us are empaths, right? We, right. we are impacted by other people's feelings and emotions. We're very empathetic to exactly. the needs of others and the concerns of others. So yeah, I think it's a natural feeling for a lot of us. Yeah, so it's hard. I mean, I think it's just something that we have to be intentional about because there's a lot going on and we can't internalize everything. It's, it's just going to be too much and it'll affect our mental health, our physical health. So we just have to be really intentional about being able to shut things out. And I guess just doing more fun things, right? Doing the things that make us laugh and make us have a good time. I know we talk about this a lot, this topic about de-stressing and how do we keep ourselves from feeling overwhelmed? How do we bring balance into our lives? I feel like it's going to be an ongoing conversation because I think it's a constant struggle. It is, um, but it's necessary. It's a necessary conversation to keep having, though. But I think that people yeah. need to be reminded of it. It is important. Yeah, and I know, like, whenever I'm on the phone with you and I hear the kids in the background, I'm always like, oh, your kids are so happy. Like, they're, they're laughing. So and I wish that we could just kind of imitate Cherry. them, just Cherry. emulate them, like, how they laugh at everything. They might cry, but it doesn't last long. If no. any, anything can make them laugh again, I wish we could kind of get yes. to where they are and just challenge ourselves to be a kid for a day even when I'm speaking to my cousin Olade having the boys hearing the boys in the background the same thing just today I was hearing them in the background I'm like I want to be where they are I want to have their issues they're just laughing and having a good time nothing to worry about and I think as we mentioned in a few episodes and a few conversations that we've had it really is all about being intentional it really is it really is. Cause I miss it too. And you're right. Like I do look at them and I see them playing. I'm like, they have not a worry or a care in the world. Like they're just living the smallest things makes them happy. Yeah. They fight, they cry. And then two seconds later they make up and they're playing with each other. Like I miss that feeling mm-hmm. as a kid. And I don't remember it as much like their age, but just seeing it in my own children, I'm just like, damn, like, that must be good. You know, like, guys, enjoy this. Nice. It must be nice. Enjoy this now because adulting, like you always say. Adulting, adulting is, Hashtag adulting hashtag. sucks. <laughs> it, I mean, it sucks. You know, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and the question came up, like, what is one thing that your parents told you that you believe to be a lie. And I'm like, oh, my mom always telling me when I was younger, work hard, play later. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. That's a lie because I'm not playing. We're still working. And I feel like the further along you get in your career, unless you decide to fully retire, you're 
constantly hustling, right? You're always reaching for the best. You always want to be that gold star, the one that is overperforming and overachieving, especially if you're a type A personality. I think I'm a type A personality. It's always, what can I do next? And Mm -hmm. how can I be better? And so it doesn't feel like there's any real opportunity to just rest and play. Again, without feeling guilty, without feeling like someone is watching over you, like, is this responsible? Is it really responsible for you to Netflix and chill? It's a mindset thing, right? I think we are programmed to have that mindset that we have to go, go, go. And it might be from when we were younger, from parents or even society or like we're New Yorkers. So we're from the city that never sleeps, right? Everybody's Mm -hmm. always working. So I think it's a mindset that we have to change. Because if you go to other countries, people relax. My sister traveled to Italy. I haven't been there yet. I would love to go once this pandemic is over. But my sister went and she was like, people take breaks during the day. Like they have their siestas. They take breaks. They relax, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) to go eat and have fun with their family. Shops close. Like, and people are spending time with their family. Whereas here we're always on it, you know? So it's a mindset where we feel like if we're not working, we're wasting time for some reason. Like we're, not being productive, but sometimes resting is productivity too. It's important. It's interesting that you say that because I will say that's one of the things I love about Nigeria. You know, Nigeria has its issues like every country. But the one thing that I appreciate when I go there is that people just know how to enjoy themselves. They do. Um, There's a lot that could weigh them down with corruption and NEPA not having 24-7 light, the frustration with traffic, no jobs. There's a lot of things that can weigh them down, but they are still generally happy people. They take the time to speak to their neighbors. Mm-hmm. They take time to just sit. And maybe it's when the electricity goes out, what happens? They just sit because there's nothing to do. Right. <laughs> they sit and they talk to their neighbors And I think that's something that we don't have because everything is on. We feel like we have to be on too. And it's not until a situation that forces us to sit down like Corona that we actually do sit down. But even with Corona, right, that lasted but five minutes. And then we found a reason to get busy again. Right. And the same thing when I went to Saudi Arabia, like you said, people take breaks during the day. A lot of times those breaks came during prayer times, but I didn't see people like rushing to catch the train to go to work. Right. You know, people are just strolling and walking and breathing and enjoying breathing and enjoying the time with Taking their spouse or their friend or child, right? But we don't really get to spend time with people that we're with because we're always thinking about what needs to get done. And as a matter of fact, I have a lot of family members that have come from Nigeria for the first time, so excited, right, that they finally got a visa mm-hmm. to come to the States. And one of their first observations is, you people work. Like, you people work. Yes. It shocks them. They're like, wait a minute. You left home this morning at 6 o'clock. You didn't come here till 7 p.m. You get home. You start cooking. We didn't even have time to talk. So for them, it's boring. Yes. Because then the weekends come around and people, instead of going out to enjoy themselves, they're tired because of all the work that they had to engage in during the week. Whereas for them, Nigeria, you work, you put in your hours, but you come home and you chill, you entertain. Weekends is all about enjoyment. So that's one of their first observations that 
we work, work, work. So it's the land of opportunity, but opportunity does not come for free. Uh, <laughs> at all <laughs> it's, it's really i love that you mentioned nigeria as an example too because i have had family members that have come here also that say the same thing they think it's like i don't know if they think yeah it's a land of opportunity and money's just like growing on trees but no we're putting in the work for that money and it's a whole different lifestyle my parents they go back and forth and whenever they get back here they're just like so bored it's boring to them now because they're used to being back home and they have friends and family that visit them every day. Like people show up every day. People are at your house all the time. Play Ludo. They play Ludo. (laughs) I mean, that's all my parents do have been doing during the pandemic every day. Like they play Ludo every day. But yeah, so it's, it's definitely a different lifestyle, but I think here in America, we just have to be more intentional about creating that because I miss it. I want to not worry about stuff all the time. I want to clear my mind and not think about this motion I have to write or about consults. I just want to chill and relax every now and then. I told you a few years ago, one of my coaches or my coach at the time advised me to write out not a um, New Year's resolution, but write out a narrative of what my life will look like a year from now. So kind of write in my journal today and in my journal entry, write what I see my life to be a year from now. And that was two, maybe three years ago. And of course I thought a year from now I'd be married. But in addition to that, what I wrote was I was having a dinner party Mm. with my friends and family. And I think it was during the week, but it's interesting that I built that in that narrative because I know for myself that I get tired of this work, work, work mentality and my natural self just wants to chill and have fun with friends and family. So it's interesting that we're talking about this and I'm remembering that I specifically included that playtime in my narrative of what my life will look like. And it was just a regular day, but Mm -hmm. in that regular day, being intentional about having that playtime with friends and family. Girl. <laughs> we'll see if it actually happens when that time comes. I, I, but think, hopefully- I think it will happen. I do think it will happen. Because I know you've always said, too, once you start your family, once you get home, I'm, I'm done. You're done. Like, it's all about the family. And I love that. And I love mm-hmm. that you're already programming yourself to have that system. And it's important. It's mm-hmm. really important. Sometimes we work, 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 and we're physically with our families, but we're working. And I'm guilty of that, too. Right. Mm Because I work from home most of the time. So, yes, I'm with my kids all day. But a lot of times I'm physically present, but I'm working still. You know what I mean? So but I feel like as an entrepreneur, you never stop working. Right. Like, (laughs) Even though it's your own. Right. And you have more flexibility and flexibility. Your mind is still like thinking about because it's it's your it's your baby. Right. So your mind is thinking everything the good the bad what could go wrong what needs right. to be better financials operations everything so right. it's hard it's always yeah you're right it's we're always on so yeah i mean i work for a company and i enjoy my job and i love it but it's not mine right so i don't have to think about it constantly the same way i think an entrepreneur would right. have to okay yeah. so what about you what feeling do you miss yeah. <laughs> So like you, I've been thinking about this question for a long time. 
And when the question came up, I was like, oh my God, I get to talk about this feeling. I miss who I used to be just in general, specifically when I was in high school. You mentioned feeling carefree and being in the place where you were in high school, college days. For me, it was my days up until high school. I felt like I was truly, truly, truly myself. And I don't know what or why that's the case. I don't know why that's the case because I feel like at that age, you're typically more impressionable. Mm -hmm. You don't know yourself as much. You're still discovering yourself. But I feel like I knew myself more then than I do now. And I was not as influenced by people as I am now. I know as I've gotten older, I've taken a lot of other people's opinions into consideration, especially my parents, because I wanted to make them happy and proud. Whereas when I was younger, I wasn't really driven by that and actually created a lot of tension between me and my parents because I was seen as a rebel the stubborn one. And not that I was making trouble. It was just, I did what I wanted to do. And if you told me no, oh, oh, (laughs) oh, a good no for me was like, bring it on. Right. Like I'm going to show you why you shouldn't have said no. But I felt like there was nothing that I didn't regret. There was never a situation where it was, what if, what if, because I did whatever I wanted. Whereas now as an older person, I do have a lot of what ifs. Like, what if I would have done that? Or what if I would have said yes? What if I would have said no? What if I walked away? And that sometimes are causes for regret. But in high school, I was just myself. And I don't know why. I I just, and I love that person. I'm just thinking about her right now. So and I was the happiest. I, even when I got into trouble or got into arguments with my parents, I didn't feel any way about it. It was like, well, I don't know what to say about that. I don't know why you're unhappy. I don't know why it's bothering you, but I'm not doing anything wrong. I just believe in my heart that this is what I'm meant to do, or I don't believe in that. I remember, for instance, when I had an issue with um, going to the mosque. Not that I didn't believe in Islam or anything like that. I just was feeling like there's something missing about where I'm going. I'm not feeling it mm-hmm. there. And that created a huge issue. It was a huge concern for my parents because they felt like I was slipping away. And I really wasn't slipping away. I was just making a decision to not go to where you go. I mm. still am who I am, but what that looks like is different from what you imagine. I went through a lot of that with my parents. And I think that as I got older, I wanted to be safe. And I started Mm. to want their approval more. But I can't say that I was the happiest either. When do you think that that shift changed, though? Because you said high school, you were, you felt like you were more free when? From childhood up until high school, I can say I was authentically myself. I think it changed when I got into college, maybe my sophomore, junior year. Did something happen that I don't made think that I shift happen? I can't say that there was anything in particular. I remember there was one time I was thinking about my mom because I feel like my mom and I, especially in high school, we bumped heads. I don't know if it was me competing with her, like the other female in the house. I don't know what it was. But there are multiple females in the house. Huh? I, a but I was of the oldest oh, okay. and 
Yeah, I don't know. I was the oldest and I was the most outspoken. Mm-hmm. And I felt like we bumped heads a lot. And one day while I was in college, I was just thinking about how I made my mom feel at times. Like I didn't appreciate her as much. I didn't appreciate her as much as she should have been appreciated. I should have appreciated her or I wasn't as obedient. And I felt bad because it was like, I'm thinking about as a mother, how much she sacrificed for me and who am I to object to what she expects of me. Like she made me and she sacrificed Mm -hmm. for me. The least I could do is give her what she wants and Mm -hmm. make her happy. And I don't know what prompted that line of thinking, but I remember that night feeling really weighed by it. And maybe that caused me to commit to make her happy. I don't know. I can think about that incident for sure, but I can't say that that was the incident. It may have been one of many, but I think that over time, my parents' approval and their happiness with my decisions became really important to me. I think we had this conversation too recently where I talked about that I kind of struggle with the same things with my parents. Did I live up to the expectation that they wanted me to? And some people might look and say, well, you have, you're an attorney. You, you have all these things or whatever. Why wouldn't they be happy that? But there's just something in the back of my head that mm-hmm. has me thinking the same thing. Like, um, did I really do all that I could have done to really make them, quote unquote, proud? And I don't know why this is in our heads. Maybe it's our parents' fault. <laughs> it's all their girl, fault. Girl, I'm in therapy right now and I'm learning. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Yes, like their <laughs> expectation. Oh my God. Are yeah. they realistic? You know, like even now as an adult that with a husband and children, sometimes I feel like my parents feel like they could try to tell me what I should do and how I should do it. And I don't know if that's a Nigerian parent thing or what, but it's very weighing. And I don't think they realize how it much is. it does weigh on us, even as adults doing good things, it you know, is. Being there while the streams, it still weighs on us and they need to fall back. I'm sorry. And you bring up a good point, right? Because like you said, there might be other people looking and saying, what are you talking about? You've done this, you've done that, you've done that. To the outside world, you might seem like someone who's really accomplished, you did the right thing. And you acknowledge that, but you know that's the outside world and your internal world, which is your parents, is still not good enough. So you're waiting for their validation and their approval. Like you're not going to be satisfied until you hear them say, well done. I'm proud of you. Right. Yeah. And I think for a long time, I kind of worked for that. And I don't think that our parents are not proud. Like I'm sure your parents are proud of you and what you've accomplished. And I'm sure that my parents are proud as well. But I do think that you're right with that statement. Like, okay, there's always this, okay, you could have done more. Yeah. Like I remember I had really great grades in high school. I was always top of my class and my parents would always say, what about this? Oh, you got a 95. Why didn't you get what 100? What about the other five points? What about 100? <laughs> Why didn't you get 100? You know, like, and yeah. I'm just like, I got a 95, dude. Like I am, I got the highest, almost the highest score in the class, but it was never good enough. So in my head, I'm always thinking like, damn, I could have, maybe I could have been this person, you know, or whatever. And my father or my mother would have been more proud of, but I don't know. It's just, it weighs I, you down. I hope I don't Over do that time. to my kids. 
I hope not either. I and I don't, but I don't think our parents were conscious of it or are conscious of it. I don't think so either. Yeah. Our parents also, which is interesting, didn't grow up with their parents. Right. They left their country, Nigeria, came to the States in their twenties and built their family by themselves. Very true. You know, if their parents were to tell them something, they could easily dismiss it because they're on the other side of the ocean, right? So there's not much, you know, they could influence from being in Nigeria. So it'll be interesting to see if we will replicate that because we will be living with our kids. You are living with your kids. You're living in the same country. So there's an opportunity for you to possibly be really involved. But I think unlike our parents, we're a bit more conscious of it. So hopefully that will help. I hope so. Because it's heavy. And I don't think I realized how weighty it was until recently where part of me feeling overwhelmed was me feeling like I had to please someone else. And no matter how hard I worked or no matter what I accomplished, I still felt like it wasn't good enough. And it wasn't good enough for the two people (laughs) that mattered the most. Gosh, I feel like I'm in my therapy session right now. I was going to say, this is exactly what (laughs) my therapist and I talk about all the time. I think a lot of us struggle with this, though. And we think that there's other things that are contributing to this feeling of anxiety. And we don't realize until we unpack the layers that a lot of these feelings and this idea to be perfect Mm -hmm. or these feelings of not being good enough goes back to our childhood and how we were raised. And not to say that our parents did it intentionally to hurt us. No, not at all. what they did. And, you know, they wanted the best for us. I think Mm -hmm. coming to this new country as immigrants too, they wanted to make sure that their children were going to excel and succeed, have more than what they had. And so they may have been tougher on us and it worked because we did well. But I Mm -hmm. think now being adults... We feel the pressure, the weight of the pressure. consequences of it and not feeling satisfied, not feeling content. And so I've been thinking about that a lot more and really wanting to go back to high school. I didn't care. Not that I wanted to disobey my parents, but I never felt that my happiness or my morals or values should take a back seat just because they may not be in alignment with what you want from me. And I was very okay with saying no. (laughs) And I just wish I was as bold today, respectful, but being myself. And it's so funny because recently my mom said, Sherry, I should listen to you more because whether I agree with you or not, when I let you, when I let you, when I let you do what you want, (laughs) things actually end up working out. And I was um. like, well, wow, I'm glad okay. you finally can acknowledge it. But it really, it, for me, it was validation, right? Because there were times where I would just go along with whatever they wanted. And even though I knew that they were happy, a part of me wasn't happy because, again, I kept thinking, what if I did what I actually knew was better? Best for you. Yeah. Yeah. How would I feel then? I'm happy that they're happy, but there's still an emptiness inside of me because I know that I could have done something different. Like there's a need within me that wasn't fulfilled. And I want to get back to that place where I start fulfilling my needs without feeling guilty. 
I think it's about being one, it's a mindset thing. And it's two, you just have to be unapologetic about it. You have to choose you and it's going to, it is going to take intention and you might hurt some people's feelings, but I've heard that that word no feels good. Like you feel better. You know, a lot of times we, you know, we, we're both guilty of this where we commit to things that we know we really don't want to do, but then, Mm -hmm. or at the time we think it might be something that we would be okay doing. And then later on, we're like, damn, why did I say yes? Because you really didn't want to do it. It doesn't bring you joy. So I think that it's really a mindset thing. Like we have to be intentional about it. Like if it's not going to bring me joy, it's not going to make me happy. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And just, and be unapologetic about it. There's nothing wrong. There are people like that. I have friends and family. I have a sister like that. And I'm sure she probably feels really good. Like she doesn't like. I'm trying to figure like, out what way. sister that was. I, I'm not gonna that put. Is. I'm not gonna put her on blast. But I do have a sister. Like she does. She won't have a problem telling you no. And I have a very good friend too that we both know who doesn't have a problem. Like she won't commit, and I respect it. Yeah, I respect that because at the end of the day, you know what's best for you. So I think it's something we're natural people pleasers. Yeah. You know, yeah. as introverts, that's just the thing. But sometimes you got to do what you know is best for yourself. And it might mean saying no. It might mean that you have to be intentional about blocking all the outside confusion and distractions. It might mean that you have to channel that inner high school Sherry or that inner child Ebony and just go there, go to that place for a day. Yeah. But it does, it all takes intention. Just like, what would high school Sherry do? You remember back in the day, they would always ask, like, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. I would ask, what would young Sherry do? And <laughs> <laughs> take myself back there yes. <laughs> and do that. I think I'm slowly getting there, honestly. COVID, I will say, as depressing as it's been, there has been some revelation, and this one was one for me. I realized that this was weighing me down, and I will say that I've been a bit more comfortable around having boundaries and doing what makes me happier, doing what brings me joy. In the beginning, I think when I first started practicing it, it was uncomfortable, especially with my parents, but I've learned that here's what happens. Your parents also get used to you saying yes. And they, they know they know which child they can do this with. So with your sister, even though I don't know which one it is, I'm sure your parents don't even bother her Mm-mm. because they know that she's going to do whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. But they'll go to Ebony because they know they can squeeze out of Ebony what they want. And the same with me. I feel like my parents know I'll say yes and they can squeeze me. But I had to start practicing saying no and letting them know my feelings about certain things and letting them get used to me standing up for myself and standing up for my values. And they do, they do get used to it. Mm -hmm. I think also the way you communicate it. um, Absolutely. Yeah. Makes a difference. Yeah. I think before I would try to be defensive and of Mm -hmm. course that doesn't work, but what I've learned is acknowledging their feelings acknowledge the request and acknowledge explain. the request but then say why it doesn't work for me right now yep and whether they like it or not it's okay so i may not be in nigeria and <laughs> <laughs> they are in the states but they're in new york and i'm in maryland so i'm hoping that that's enough of a distance <laughs> <laughs> where it won't be felt too much but 
that's my long therapeutic answer. <laughs> no, I think it was definitely question. needed. I really like this question. This will be a great question for a lot of people to kind of ask because you'd yeah. be surprised at the answers that people give, especially now in the time I that agree. we're in. Take us I back agree. to a happy place. Yeah, we need it. I think, right, because even when you started with your answer, I said we talk about this a lot, right, this feeling of being stressed out, overwhelmed by worrying so much, but how do we get to a place of feeling free? And I think one of it is like having these conversations and talking about our feelings, but thinking about those times where we did feel free and what about those times made us feel free? What about those times made us feel happy? And then saying, well, I'm going to do that again. Like I told you, right. I got my nails done recently, right. I stopped getting my nails done how many ages ago, but I got my nails done yesterday and it made such a difference. Girl, that's why I simple put, things like that. I wear my power red lip every day, girl. Your power red lip. People laugh at me, but listen, even on a Saturday and Sunday, I wake up and I put the power red. Ruby woo. Well, I'm looking at you now. You look pretty good, so <laughs> I won't laugh at you anymore. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, thank but, you. I'm glad we had this conversation. I did too. I think it was definitely a well-needed one. Yeah. All right. So intentionality. We're getting back to happiness, peace, joy, authenticity, just being us in our happy place. Thank you for listening to another episode of the No Small Talk podcast. You can follow us at the No Small Talk podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't done so already, go on Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. Join us next week, Wednesday, for another episode of the No Small Talk podcast. And until then, no small talk. Bye. On God, I come from a place that goes so hard. I'm not afraid of words, you can bring the bar. If you don't want problems, then don't start. Don't start. They told me shut up and dribble. Tell the president, act presidential. Bottom line, I won't keep quiet, not this time. Not this time.